here's this group of people, they, they have some sort of faith background. And uh, rather than us impose or start a conversation, 99% of the time people will ask us about our faith, uh, which is surprising to most people. They say, gosh, um, I thought nobody was interested in, um, in faith these days. I thought we lived in a post-Christian world. Well, do you know what? People are interested. Faith at the Fringe, a Sanctuary First podcast series. Uncovering God in the creative arts. At the biggest international arts festival in the world, Sanctuary First stops to ask, where does faith and art meet? Faith at the Fringe, a Sanctuary First podcast series in which we seek to explore with artists, musicians and creatives who have come along to the Edinburgh International Fringe Festival, in which we seek to help them unpack for us and with together begin to think where faith is found at the Fringe. And so today we're welcoming the Street Pastors and we have with us, I'm delighted that my colleague, um, Pete Sutton has come to be my co-host. Thank you, Vic, for being with us. And uh, we're joined by Andy Armour, who is the coordinator for Street Pastors in the Edinburgh area. And he's joined by one of his latest recruits, I believe, into street pastoring, John Kirk. And John, of course, is also an elder here at St. Cuthbert's. So we're delighted that we've got a key people from this congregation sharing and helping us to unpack the role and the work of street pastors. So here we go. Uh, we'll have a start. Welcome to you, Andy. Thank you for being with us today. So I'm going to ask you the first question. Street pastors, when and where did it start? Yeah, thanks, Albert. Thanks for having me along. Yeah, so street pastors um, found all over the UK now started 25 years ago. Sorry, 20 years ago. Um, yeah, in London, a chap called... Les Isaac, uh, a Pentecostal Baptist pastor, um, concerned about the church. How does the church reach out into the, 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 the people outside and community who never come into church? How do we engage with the world outside church? And so, along with another uh, a group of friends and people from his church, um, dreamed up the concept of street pastors. We'd be pastors to people out in the street form small groups, small teams, go out into the community at night time, uh, evening and night time, engaging with people who would never normally darken the doorstep of a church. And this so, is what you now do in Edinburgh. You're now the coordinator for the Edinburgh branch of Street Pastors. Exactly, yes. So, and how many Street Pastors do you have? So just now we have um, approximately 50, or almost 50 Street Pastors. We've been going since 2009 here in Edinburgh. And John is one of our street pastors. We're from many different churches. I think at the last count, we had people from 37 different churches in Edinburgh. John, you were saying this is one of the big things you're about, is church unity. That's, that's correct. Um, I was privileged to lead the United Worship in the City Centre churches 
which uh, is an ecumenical uh, expedition because St John's are involved, we're involved, and St Andrew's and St George's West. And the topic of that service was Christian unity. And I thought, what better way to exemplify that than to discuss street pastors? Because, uh, as Andy says, we all follow Christ, but in different ways. So each team is made up of people from different um, congregations, different uh, denominations, and the mix gels and works extremely well. So, you know, if street pastors can gel as an ecumenical movement, there's scope for lots of other people to do so too. Yeah. So, listen, it was your idea, it was your brainwave, Pete, to bring street pastors into this podcast. What, what made you want to do that? Well, firstly, I'm so excited that we're here in St. Cuthbert's because we're right in the heart of the city centre, and St. Cuthbert's has a history and a tradition of outreach to the West End community. And when I encountered street pastors through John, who's also recently been ordained as an elder on the session here, it just seemed to me to be really exemplifying what we've been trying to do as an ecumenical body. And John mentioned our neighbours at St. John's Episcopal Church. We're so close neighbours with them, we even share a graveyard with them. And St. Andrew's and St. George's West in the business community. But I think the key thing is, the reason these guys are here is they're actually out there. And we can spend a lot of time around a table talking about what it might be like to take this word out, but to actually have an organization which is already doing this and is well established is really important. And before I'm just going to ask a question, for me, the other side of this is the training that the street pastors go through, because, yeah, Albert, you probably know within the life of the Church of Scotland, you know, some of our training might not be where we want it to be, but this is an organization that takes the training of its volunteers very, very seriously indeed, and it wants to make sure that when the good folk like John are up and running out on the street in these early hours, that everyone can have total confidence in the fact that they've been trained well and they will respond to anybody. And it, we talk about the ecumenical dimension here. I think it's an ecumenical dimension of, you know, uh, of reflecting the love of Christ for everybody, whoever they might encounter. And I'm sure John will tell you, uh, the good folk you encounter on the Lothian Road at 3 o'clock on a Friday or Saturday morning is a challenge. So, John, maybe if you could tell us you know, a little bit about your training that got you here. Uh, surely. Um, I was actually taken aback how full the training was, the depth of the topics and how well presented it was. It was meaningful. It was hard work, uh, but absolutely necessary. And some of the topics that we covered at first surprised me, but then having been out on the streets, I can fully understand why you might need to know about mental health, about why you need to know how to interact with the police and the other people that are out and about on the Friday nights, Saturday mornings, and indeed Sunday mornings out on the streets. So the, the training is thorough, and it's the same for a street pastor in Edinburgh or a street pastor in Peterhead. They get exactly the same training to equip them to go out onto the streets and be confident that you have that backing behind you. And uh, as I say, I find, found the training extremely challenging, uh, especially the, the role play that we did. Um, I was used to doing role play in my 
work life, but this was on a completely different level and tasked you and asked your questions of yourself much more than any training I've ever done before. So it's thorough, it's complete, absolutely necessary, and it works. Wow. So, uh, Andy, any of your street pastors actually involved in performing in the festival this year? Do you know any of, the, any of that? Is anyone doing that? Yeah, not not sure if anyone's actually performing. There might be one or two thespians and performers that I'm not aware of, but... Um, what we do have is quite an exciting uh, plan for this year. Um, and this all kicked off last year. We had visitors from down south came up. Uh, people who were street passers in another area came, uh, came to my office and said, what are you doing, what are you Edinburgh street passers doing in the festival? And I thought, hmm. <laughs> well, our normal routine is to patrol at night time. So we go out at 10 o'clock till 4 o'clock in the morning in the nighttime economy. But it struck me, here is a major city where tens of thousands of visitors come every year. What are we doing to engage with them? If we're the church that is reaching out from our buildings onto the streets and mm. engaging with people in public, what are we doing with this? great mass of humanity that is coming and milling about our streets in the summer. You know, wherever there are people, there are needs. And so whether it might be people who are lost, who are looking for directions, who are lonely, who are isolated, um, who need first aid, um, whatever it might be, just somebody to chat to. What are we doing as street pastors? So, so we got together and the management team said, right, Let's let's have a think about this. Um, how can we do patrols in the in the daytime to reach the the people in the festival? So we thought, right, this year for a week, uh, we'll we'll try we'll trial one week in the festival. So for the last week of the festival, 21st to 28th August, we're going to have daytime patrol street pastors out in the crowd. So if you go out there to the high street. Um, the the um, the Royal Mile, um, Princess Street, the the precinct at the Mound. You'll see huge big crowds, and they get busier and busier. Um, there's a lot of needs there. What are we doing to to meet them, to help them, to support them, be Christians to them? And so we'll have teams there uh, for the last week of the festival, doing what street pastors do, um, being the church and amongst the the people in, in the public domain. So you, you, when you say doing what street pastors do, what does that mean? What, what, what do you do? That's a, that's a good question. We have a strap line. Uh, we, our strap line is listening, helping, caring in the community. So that's those three words that we cling on to. So we listen to people. Uh, we help people. We care for people. Whoever it is and whatever their need is, we will listen to you, we'll look after you, we'll care for you. And that's it. And that is such a broad thing to do. So in the nighttime economy, it might be people who are begging, people who are homeless, giving them food, supporting them, giving them blanket, signposting them towards services they can, they can access longer-term help. Or it might be people who are out for a night out, have become lost, um, can't look after themselves, have, have overindulged, um, have no way of getting back, have lost their phone, their friends, um, literally rescuing people and, and getting them to safety. 
So the, the, the needs of people are many and varied in the nighttime economy and in the daytime probably slightly different, but there will, we can guarantee there will be people with needs out there in the daytime uh, and evening during the, during the, the festival. And that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to listen, help and care. Um, different, different time, different group of people, but we'll be there. We, Andy, we have a big ministry here, outreach to the homeless um, in the West End, and there's a lot. I mean, the homeless now is a generic term, and I think people can, through no fault of their own, find themselves just you know, lost, uh, and, and a lot of it is to do with addiction as well. I was going to ask you, have you seen a rise in homelessness since the end of lockdown, perhaps maybe with the the real challenges of you know the price rises across the city, but also engaging with addicts as well. Is that part of the big experience on the street? Yeah, I think the, the pandemic was a was an interesting time for us because it it sort of put a hold on what we do and what what was happening with homelessness in the city. That council took on on the, the responsibility for housing everyone who is homeless. Um, that period's over now, and we wondered uh, there was huge effort to, to try and house people in permanent accommodation. We wondered how that would play out a couple of years on from that. Um, sadly, it, it, it's not changed. Um, there are still um, probably the same number of people homeless that we see begging on the streets. Uh, before and after the pandemic, um, it, it reminds you of you know Jesus as he as he walked around um, uh, in his ministry, came across the poor and the homeless, and said that the homeless you'll always have with you uh, when when he was anointed, mm. and that's a sad fact of of a fallen world that we we exist in. But our role as Christians. Um, uh, and this is where I go to, is that we are salt and light. Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, go and be salt and light in this world. Um, and by doing that, bring glory to God. So that's, our, that's, that's my rationale for being a street pastor. I'm trying to be salt and light in a dark world out there. So is there a fine line then between being a street pastor and wanting to share your faith? Uh, you know... How do you do that? Do you is it mainly a kind of passive faith sharing, or are you would do you, in your training? Is there an opportunity if someone asks deeper questions about faith? Can you can you engage with that? Yeah, that that's a good question. And as soon as we say we're Christians out there helping people, people are worried. You know, are you Bible bashers? Are you going to hammer me with the gospel? Are you going to judge me? And how are, are you going to try and push your faith on me? Um, happy to say that absolutely not. Um, we wear a uniform. John's sporting uh, street pastor, so we have street pastor on our jacket and our hat. So people know. Um, here's this group of people. They they have some sort of faith background, and uh, rather than us impose or start a conversation, 99% of the time people will ask us about our faith. Um, which is surprising to most people. They say, gosh, um, I thought nobody was interested in, um, in faith these days. I thought we lived in a post-Christian world. Well, do you know what? People are interested in, in what we do, why we do it, 
and they ask us. So they, we might help them with um, maybe a hot drink or a pair of flip-flops or, or something, conversation. And then they'll say, so what do you guys do? Who, who are you? Are you from a local church? What, 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 what's this all about? So well, we're, yeah, we're from a church. And um, then they'll go on and ask another question. What they're wanting to know uh, deep down inside them is ask us about our faith. What, what is it you believe? That's a burning question in their mind. And they can ask us, because we're strangers passing by them on the street, they can ask us in a non-threatening environment that if they want, they can walk away from it. So thinking about your um, work, this new work that you're now planning to uh, go into the festival with Street Pastor during the day, um, in the last week of the Edinburgh uh, Fringe Festival, in fact, the International Festival. Um, in doing this, do you have you been giving people your your pastors training to in a different way to think about a different community, an artistic community? Questions people might be asking out, coming out of maybe having seen a play or a production that's got them thinking. Uh, have you thought about that, or is that? Is that, are you just going to wait and see how that goes? Or? Well, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's an experiment. So this year, first year of, of what we're doing, so we're not quite sure what questions will be asked, but we know people are the same the world over, and the things that interest people, the things that trouble people are the same. And so we're anticipating the questions will be asked will be the same kind of things. You know, just as I said just there, turning conversations to faith. These will be the same questions, and it doesn't matter if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, somebody's asking us about faith, or um, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. They'll be the same questions and same things that people want to ask us. Um, the, the needs will be different. I don't think people will be drinking as much in, in the daytime. Um, maybe looking for directions, that kind of thing. So yeah. anticipate slightly different issues. So the, the, um, going back to the um, helping, caring, listening, um, the, the, the help people require will be slightly different, we anticipate. Um, the, the care might be sl slightly different, but we'll do the same listening, um, whether it's daytime or nighttime. And uh, have... Have, have you got any kind of um, plans as you go through and look at the festival, feedback that you can give to churches in the future as to opportunities where they could be serving more during the International um, Arts Festival here in Edinburgh? Yeah, well, that's that's one of the one of the um, hopes. I think is after after this, we can come to the churches and we can come to Peter and say, look. Here's what we did. Uh, we do this um, with the support of the churches and without um, the support of, for example, Peter and his church here, the street pastors wouldn't exist. So we're grateful to them for that. But our hope is that at the end of the festival, we can come to church and say, look, here's what we did. Um, here's how we reached out to people. We engaged with so many people um, and and would you like to be involved in this over the coming year, perhaps as a street pastor in our nighttime work, like John? Uh, or would you like to be involved in, for example, next year in the festival? That, that's our hope. So, um, yeah, that's what we'd like to see as, a, as an outcome from this.
And John, just um, I know you shared so many stories of um, some of the uh, encounters you've had on the street, but is, is there anyone that you think best sums up why you wanted to be a street pastor and, and that encounter has made it all real and meaningful for you? Yes, Peter. Um, the first thing I knew about street pastors was it, they were on Songs of Praise many years ago, and I thought, you know, that's a great idea. And when I retired from work, uh, I thought, right, I'll get on and do it, and did. And the first couple of times out on the streets was very challenging, very eye-opening, took me way out of my comfort zone. And uh, I tend to break the ice with folk. I'm a big fan of heavy metal rock music. So that breaks the ice, particularly with some of the people that come out with some of the the clubs in the Cowgate that play that sort of music and they're absolutely dumbfounded that he's a Christian that likes heavy rock music and so that that's an icebreaker but one one of the things that really gets to me as to how we are doing a really vital job is as Andy said you encounter a lot of younger ladies who have lost touch with their friends they've maybe been put out of a nightclub They've got no phone, no keys. Quite often they don't have any shoes on, so they get a pair of flip-flops. Usually they're quite intoxicated, very lonely, very vulnerable. And you see men out there just looking for vulnerable girls in that state. So to actually be able to befriend someone like that and let them know they're in good hands, they're safe with us, and we can get them to a place of safety or get in touch with their friends and on I think about the third full night patrol that I did we encountered a young lady outside uh, in fact right outside St Andrews and St George's West Church on George Street and she had lost her friends, her phone her keys uh, she'd also lost the top she was wearing and uh, we were able to give her a blanket, calm her down talk with her and uh, we actually walked her most of the way to our home address where our flatmates were still in. And uh, taking part in that and if effectively taking somebody who was seriously at risk out of that risk environment was uh, quite humbling and it shows that Christ is alive and at work on the streets of Edinburgh. That's a lovely story, isn't it? Really quite powerful. So listen, we really do are interested in what you're doing and we'd like to uh, commend you for what you're doing and we hope that those listening in might uh, think maybe that's something I could help with. Are there spaces for extra work and extra pastors? And how would you go about doing that if you wanted to do that? Yes, Albert, there's vacancies in Edinburgh Street Pastors and we would love to hear from you if you're interested in, in becoming involved in street pastor work like John. There's an age limit, I have to say. The age limit is you have to be over 18. There's no upper age limit. In fact, one of our uh, latest recruits a couple of years ago was 80 and uh, faithfully serves once a month coming out at, at night time. So we're delighted to have people, um, all backgrounds, um, um, all ages. You have to have the support of your local church. Um, when your church leader commends you, then we're, we're delighted to have you. 
please get in touch with us uh, at Edinburgh Street Pastors. Do you need to be a member of a church? Say you were just somebody who was a Christian, but you didn't go to church, but you, you were trying to live a Christian, live Christian church. Can you, could you get involved with street pastors? Would that be allowed? Yeah, we look for our street pastors to have referees, and we ask one to be a church leader, a Christian who knows you um, for at least two years. Uh, we, we have to be credible. We have to be careful who, who is uh, yeah. donning the uniform, because as John said, we're looking after vulnerable people, so we, we, we need to have references. We're all PVG'd. We go through the disclosure process. So part of that is having a reference from a church leader who knows you. It might be formal church membership, it might be informal. Informal, right. So, yeah. so, there, there so there's an ways. openness and a willingness to accept people who are qualified and have, have a gift to offer. You, 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 they'd be encouraged to be part of what you do. That's right, absolutely. Um, we are Christians, um, we're a Christian organization, so we, we ask that you, you are following Christ, um, and you're available and willing and have a joy for doing this kind of work. Can I just say one thing, touching on what John said, when I go home at, at night after being out at Street Pastors, I get into bed back of four, and I can't sleep. I am absolutely buzzing with all the things I've done, people I've helped, the conversations I've had, and just as John described, the help. Uh, that you've been able to, to be to people. It is such a privilege and a blessing uh, to do this work. Well, you certainly opened a door for the church to see the importance of being church in the world. Uh, I think that is church. Um, I remember um, speaking to um, the Archbishop of Canterbury at one point, and it was actually the General Assembly, and he was speaking about the open door into the world and God is calling the church to come out of our buildings, go through the open door into the world to be church. And so often we want to bring people through our open doors into our church buildings where God is saying, get out among the people and let my love be shown by the way you care for people and you love people. And surely that is what you're trying to do. And it's been a privilege speaking to you and hearing about your work. And we wish you well in your new venture. And hopefully maybe we might be able to get out with, the, uh, with some of your pastors, if that's allowed at some point, and maybe film some of the work you're doing during your week uh, when you start your new week at the festival here in 2003. Most definitely, Albert. Look forward to it. So once again, thank you for listening, encouraging you. We'd love to hear your comments. If you've watched this podcast and found it helpful, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your contribution to the podcast because the podcast only makes sense because you're listening and you're watching. So we want to thank you for being part of our podcast. Remind you that you can find these podcasts on the usual platforms like on iTunes or on Spotify or on our own Sanctuary First app, which you can download from any of the app shops, or you can watch us on Sanctuary First, www.sanctuaryfirst.org.uk, or on Facebook. So thank you for being part of this. Thank you for watching with us. And a huge thank you to my colleague, Pete, for contributing and for bringing your colleagues and your, 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 the, the, the street pastors into the podcast. Thank you to you, John, and thank you to you, Andy. And until next time, God bless.